0: first first Bible buds of 2021 which the world still feels like
1: 2020,
0: 2020.
1: or maybe it feels like 2020 uh, plus one you know like it's just leveled up 2020's just leveled up on some steroids now we got a fucking coup in America pandemic's even worse uh, who knows man who knows? But maybe also, you know, brighter days
0: ahead. That's the hope. That's the hope. One can only hope for brighter days ahead and uh, finding finding a lighter is key. And you're all
1: over the place right now. You got we're outside, so you got your gloves. You yeah. got your little coat with the with the broken zipper. <laughs> it's you not you broken, take off you fixed the gloves it. to find the lighter mm-hmm. to light the joint. You're like fumbling around all over the place. <laughs>
0: Cool, man! I'm excited for this fire, this fireside edition.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're gonna sit by the fire and we're gonna talk about the story of
0: David or David. Uh, it's nice though, cause it's been. Oh, nice! It's been a couple, couple months since we've been in in person. It has socially distanced, of course, across from the fire. Yes. Andrew made me an incredible dinner tonight, an incredible French onion soup. It was beautiful. We broke bread together. We did. And now, you know, he's gonna inform me about this <laughs> this story of uh story of David amongst all of the the madness in the world.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, how you uh, how you been holding up? How's your first week of the year?
0: First week of the year. Um, I feel like I still have a little bit of the holiday hangover going as far as the work grind, but, uh, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to use it as some sort of, uh, some sort of reset and send some new goals and boundaries and all that shit, man. It's like the constant reassessments of, uh, how shit is shaken out and how to make it easier think there's all these access points to hopefully like make things easier for yourself but then yeah it's just all that discipline and hard work that has to go along with it to actually make it happen that we've we've talked about a lot for sure so i'm just uh yeah i'm trying to figure out like which like which of those access points like makes sense to me and like really benefits things so that things don't have to feel so overwhelming at least on a from what i can control you know obviously we can't control like the chaos of of the world or like yeah it can be completely just overwhelming watch all these idiots taking over the capital and like what the intentions of that whole hoopla is and and things like that so i'm just uh yeah, what man. the
1: intentions are, what do you mean? It's a fucking revolution, man.
0: <laughs> it's a revolution. It's yeah. my favorite fucking
1: If you haven't seen the Revolution Girl yet. If you haven't seen that meme, check it out. It's pretty great. Dan y- showed me. Yeah. I
0: laughed. Um I liked it. It's a it's just yeah, hilarious. You dude. got
1: this little you're doing a self improvement triage. I'm trying to find uh the best, most concise path forward for the things that you want to improve on instead of just you know blindly trying to like strong arm your way
0: through. Yeah, because it's like I think it's really easy to get comfortable with staying afloat. Mm -hmm. Mm Because you figure out like a a way to do that and uh, can make it a little difficult to like want to improve the situation because you're just like, well, this is manageable. But yeah, I mean I just want to make it even easier therefore hopefully better for myself overall and figure out like what are the like not only like being more like well organized to like hit those things but like yeah just finding like cutting out the things that don't lead me to that path is like key to it as well. It's just like the removing the shit from your room thing. Yeah. It's the same thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool, dude. We're just going to start off with a bunch of fucking stupid metaphors for <laughs> for this episode. It's like
1: floating or like you're in a room that's empty or I don't know, something. Maybe you put on a different pair of sunglasses. We're not sure.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Growing older uh, is uh, is exciting, but it's like... I just feel like everything gets heavier and it's like trying to detach from certain things is, is hard to do. It's like not. I feel like that's never like part of the talks of like a young person of like, hey, there's going to be a lot of things in your life that you're going to have to like learn to let go of.
1: Yeah. Get comfortable with saying goodbye. Mm.
0: That's emo as fuck.
1: <laughs> Off our new record, get comfortable with saying goodbye. <laughs> oh, amazing! <laughs> We're the Fire Pit
0: Boys. <laughs> We're the Autumn Heartbleed Project. <laughs>
1: that
0: was always my favorite. That my my buddy James would say for fake emo band names. That's great. <laughs> it's like yes, um, yeah. But that's where it's at, dude. Like grateful for a lot of a lot of things. I have a lot of cool shit to be stoked about. So just trying not to drown in the, in the abyss of misery that is easy to, uh, fall into, especially like now when there's, when you can't do all the shit you want to do, there's still like this heavy, like maybe on the verge of another heavy lockdown. Yeah. You know, other countries are like back to like where it started as far as lockdown shit. So yeah, just trying to fucking be kind to myself as well to, to burn a day every once in a while, little yeah. fucking, sometimes that is the, the self care.
1: Yeah. It's what your, it's what your body and your soul needs. Just sitting in front occasion. of the
0: fucking TV and playing, playing video games all day and showing these kids that I'm still good at sports games at yeah, the age out. of 35 or trying to watch out. Um, yeah. What about you?
1: I'm, I'm pretty good, man. Um, I feel like I've been very contemplative in this start of the new year. Doing a lot of deep... Taking a lot of deep self-inventory. Um, yeah, but it's been good. And... Yeah, I'm just looking forward to, you know, hopefully... This year just uh, has a little more in store in terms of, uh, you know, some things to do than 2020 had. And I'm just I think that like everyone or like at least like everyone we know, for the most part, I'm very much looking forward to not dealing with Trump in the news all the time and fucking just, I don't know, some level of sanity restored in politics, I think, is going to be hopefully going to be nice, you know, who's to say, but I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just enjoying trying to get through the winter, enjoying any moment that's dry and not rainy here in Portland. Went on long walks today cause it was, didn't rain today. And, uh, yeah. And I've just been like real staunch about like trying to, spend more time reading and playing instruments which is something i sort of i feel like i sort of fell away from in 2020 to a degree so it's trying to take make that a daily thing again instead of a sort of like i don't know occasional thing but yeah i'm uh i'm doing good
0: yeah dude <clears throat> playing the music is definitely helpful seems to the mental health, at least for myself, even if I just go home and like, I don't know, just some stream of conscious shit, you know, just playing some tunes, saying some things out loud always makes me feel like a lot better. I think about the day. Yeah. Even if I'm just yelling into like my own four walls.
1: Yeah. For sure. Well, physiologically there's definitely something helpful about singing singing helps to like sort of put your body into a, into a I guess it's like a more like relaxed state calm your nervous system so
0: yeah I think it's also just because like my, I spend most of the day like internalizing something in my head like for better or for worse I'm always like there's always something going on fucking bouncing back and forth up there so um i think it's like finally nice to at that that point in the day to just like spit some shit out loud it's like all this bullshit in my head you're you're laying on bars that i'm not like i'm not like (laughs) yeah (laughs) probably not saying to anybody during the day dan you heard it here dan cable goes home
1: by himself in his apartment and he lays out bars and bars <laughs> bars on bars just fucking <laughs> cooking up the cakes in the back of the room don't want to be here but i gotta leave soon don't and it's do it be- don't do it
0: oh man no it's way more sad boy than that i wish it was cooler than that
1: yeah yeah my shit's sad too what are you gonna do huh
0: i should i should dedicate more times than time to like singing about frosting cakes than i do About being a sad boy. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's still, it's still wild right now, man. It's like you do have to be pretty intentional, uh, intentional about like all of your time spent right now. Um, Like, especially with other people, like it's this interesting thing. You don't like get to see too many people in person Mm -hmm. still. Um, to just like hang out.
1: Totally. Yeah. It's very strange. There are a lot of people in my life that I, that I missed that I'm like, it's so weird that I haven't seen you in so long. Right. I should have seen you a bunch of times this last year and I didn't. So yeah. Well,
0: well, we're here. We're here by the fire. Um, and we're going to dive into the dive into the bible a little bit more we're gonna we did a david and goliath chat probably somewhere over summer
1: yeah and i'm gonna tell you the rest of the story daniel
0: oh is that is that where we uh
1: i'm gonna tell you the entire rest of the story of david we pick up on this thing so for a little recap because that david and goliath story is basically that's the first story of david that's our introduction to him a little recap is that uh you know Philistines bad they're like invading Samuel is like the prophet of the Israelites or whatever the king is Saul who's the first king of the Israelites but he's not he's not a good guy and uh yeah Philistines are coming uh the lord has decided that Saul is no is no longer going to be king or that he's gonna he's no longer going to give Saul his favor and he's picking his next king and he tells Samuel to go to Bethlehem to this dude Jesse, and one of the sons is going to be king. And the dude has seven sons, and the Lord says no to all the sons except for the youngest one, who's like the fucking runt, little fucking ratty sheep herder. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that little sheep herder then goes on to to slay Goliath, which immediately wins him the favor of like Israel, and Saul is just like. you know trying to hold on to his power and just sort of playing this like who are you game like who are you again son of who (laughs) fuck if i care but secretly he's like fuck like god damn it like everyone loves this like there's this thing where uh uh (laughs) they like chant this like all of the women you know like love fucking david and they chant like Saul has slayed his thousands, but David has slayed his tens of thousands. (laughs) And Saul's just like fuming like no fuck
0: David is so jealous greater than
1: I. Yeah. So Saul is super jealous of David, but also realizes that like David has the Lord's favor. And so he's sort of trying... This this st- whole story is full of, like, fucking sex and politics and bloodshed. It's just Game of Thrones. It's like proto-Game of Thrones. And for some context, this is h- historically, potentially, around, like, 1000 BC. So it was a long time ago. So Saul, super jealous of yeah, David, but is trying to sort of keep him in his corner, you know? Keep his eye on him so that he can... Uh, Make sure, you know, David doesn't, like, usurp him or any shit. Um, So, some some of the first shit he does, like, Saul sends David, you know, off to battle. Kind of hoping that maybe he's going to get killed. And he doesn't. Because David's, like, you know, has the Lord's favor and he's a fucking badass. So, all of Israel and Judah, like, just fucking love David. And then Saul is, like, kind of, like, in a keep your enemies closer type situation. He's like, I'm going to convince David to marry one of my daughters. But the thing is, is that back in the day, uh, it's horrible, but like you basically had to buy someone's daughter for marriage. Like That's how you did it. You wanted to marry someone's daughter. You like gave them this, you know, payment, this gift, whatever. And then they, the father would allow it or not allow it. David, you know, was, that was well known for slaying Goliath and being a war hero, but he didn't have a lot of money um and so the first daughter he was like nah i'm good like i don't really want to be your son-in-law anyways it's too much work but then the next daughter that he offers david's like i'm about her um and he's like but i don't have anything to offer and so saul is like haha check this out all i want all you have to do is bring me 100 philistine foreskins that's it just if you can do that then you then we're good you, you don't owe me anything. And in, in his mind, he's like, one of these Philistines is obviously going to beat the shit out of Saul for trying to cut their dick. You know? Like, that's obviously not going to work. but Or st- kick the shit out of David, rather. Like, David's going to get murked for trying right. to get 100 this foreskins. This is an undoable it's mission. It's an impossible task. But check this out. David's like, I see your 100, and I raise you 100. And he comes back with 200. And Yo. he's just like, here you go. I know, you're upset about the focus on the foreskins again.
0: <laughs> We're talking about circumcision again. It's wild. It's very important back then, you know? But also, what is this supposed to... You think that was just strictly to symbolize what a feat this was? To, like, use the foreskins as the thing that he has to get? Well, part of it is, like, you know, the
1: Jews don't fuck with the foreskins. So... Uh, yeah, one, one, it's obviously like an impossible task to get a hundred foreskins from 100 unwilling men. But also it's like by taking their foreskins, you're making them part of your tribe or some shit. Right. I don't know. Or at least making them holy in the eyes of the Lord or something. I don't really know why they do the circumcision, Dan. I've never
0: really done the research on it. I don't know that I care to, but we should get, I want to do like an expert episode with somebody that can explain to All us this shit? the the circumcision and the importance of this
1: for sure so what happens is is again Saul's like I mean David fucking wins right he gets to marry Saul's daughter um Saul is not pleased with this And he keeps like doing this weird thing where he's, he just tries to, David will be playing a harp in like the palace. He loves when David
0: plays that harp.
1: And then Saul will just grab a spear and casually like throw it at David and David will be like, yo, what the fuck? And then Saul will be like, sorry, like a evil spirit overtook me but then like on the second or third time that he does it david's like no you're fucking trying to kill me and saul's like no i swear i'm not i swear i'm not but david's like i'm i'm hip to it now and
0: i'm fucking skipping town it's interesting that he would he would fuck with that because i remember from when we did david and goliath that that was like part of the thing that that david's heart playing did for him was it kept saul's demons away yeah So, like, for him to interrupt that, he's, like, tempting that at the same time as, like, fucking with this kid about, like,
1: this thing. He's, like, also, like... Partially it's because Saul knows that the Lord has left him. The, The spirit of the Lord is no longer with him, and it's with David. But he's still hanging on to power because he's sort of this, like, demagogue, like, you know, greedy guy. He's a Trump. He's basically Trump, you know? Um so David skips town on the New Moon Festival. Saul's very obviously very upset. Uh, he does this with the help of Saul's son Jonathan, who, like all of the women in Israel, is also totally in love with David. Like David has Jonathan by the balls. Jonathan is all about David and is like, I'm gonna be by your side forever and ever and ever and basically is. So Jonathan helps David skip town. Hold on, man. What's up? I got really baked. I need you to tell me who Jonathan is again. Jonathan is is one of Saul's <laughs> one of Saul's sons. This is King Saul. This
0: is the one, you know.
1: I'm going to try to not do too many names. No, it's
0: it's great. It's just uh you know, when you let the other person dro- steer the ship right. and you're sitting in the passenger seat. Pay attention, Daniel. You just keep like burning the joint a, a little bit longer right. than you maybe would cuz there's you know, it's all good. All right. So
1: David skips town. He starts going to all these other places, and its he's basically just creating a murder trail for Saul. Because Saul's <laughs> just following him and being like, oh, oh yeah. David was here? You let that dude here? And then he'll just be like, Mur- kill him. Kill him. <laughs> like, he's just fucking working all these people. It's, it's pretty fucked up. Um, and so at this point, David knows that, like, obviously Saul's trying to kill him and is, like, chasing after him. But again, he's got the Lord on his side and the Lord has said, like, I'm going to deliver the enemy into your hand.
0: This is like uh, similar to like Paul trying to be ambushed by the Jews all the time. Yeah, sort
1: of (laughs) like on that
0: whole journey to Rome. They're similar.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. So he's hopping all over the Middle East. And at one point, like Saul's army catches up to David and David is hiding in this cave. And Saul doesn't know that. And Saul is still trying to find David. And he sees a cave and he's like, oh, I need to go take a piss. So with his, like, back to David, he's taking a piss. It's like the most vulnerable you can be as an animal, right? And with his back to David, you know, all of his men are like, this is it. Like, the Lord said that he would deliver your enemy, like, right to you. And then you could decide what to do. And David decides, even though Saul is trying to kill him, he's like, I'm going to spare his life. I'm not going to kill him. But as soon as Saul leaves uh, and not knowing that David was like behind him the whole time, then David steps out and he's like, Hey, dipshit. I could have fucking killed you. Look, I have a piece of your robe that I cut off. Like I could have fucking slit your throat and I didn't do it. So why you, why don't you fucking stop trying to kill me? And Saul's like, all right, all right, all right. You're definitely like a better dude than me. I'll give you that. Clearly, uh, you know, you have the favor of the Lord. Sure. Let's call it Good. Let's let sleeping dogs lie. I totally won't try to murder you again. And so David's like, cool. I don't super trust that. Uh so I'm gonna sort of like continue to run from you, and sure enough, like a couple years in, Saul is like in pursuit of David again because he's worried that David's gonna like kill his entire family and kill his lineage and take over as king of Israel, and it's gonna be this whole thing. And so, whoa, kitty! Oh, that the,
0: oh I thought that was the holy dude from over here. It looked like that was the Maybe holy was. spirit.
1: Maybe it was. <laughs> that chair we got is a moving. chair rocking out of nowhere. So, this time it happens again, like. Saul's army is camping. David is somewhere where he sees them, but they don't know that they see him. And he's David has some men, by the way, too. He's got some followers at this point. He's got some people who are like, "Yeah, this is this dude is." They're like looking after him, following, like cruising he's got with like him. A, he's got his own little army, essentially. Of like, yeah, yeah little little warriors. People you know? are he's got fu- he's got fuck me, with David yeah, heavy. He's got a couple hundred, maybe. He said, so. Some of his some of his men are like, "Hey, that's fucking Saul down there with with his troops," mm. and. Uh, David is like, hey, do you think, like, should one of, should two of us go down there and just, like, merc Saul real quick? And they kind of look at him and they're like, I thought last time you were, like, all about mercy. And and David's like, nah, 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 let's see, who's going to come with me? And so this one dude's like, all right, all right, I'll go. So they go down there. Apparently, the Lord puts everybody in a super heavy sleep. The Bible literally says that. It's like the Lord puts everyone in deep sleep so they don't wake anybody up, even though Saul's sleeping in the middle of the camp surrounded by, like, a thousand soldiers.
0: He just sandmans them
1: all? They come across Saul, and he's passed out. And right next to his head is a spear stuck in the ground. And the dude that's with David is like, how about I just go grab that spear and just done one shot he's like i he goes i won't strike twice promise you that and david just does a 180 and is like no this was a test and you failed uh does he kill him i'm not killing him does he kill that guy doing all i'm gonna do is steal his spear and the jug of water that he has next to his head so he just he just steals his shit and runs away and then they wake up and they're sort of like uh the soldier's like, nobody knows anything that's happened. Saul doesn't really, he's probably hung over from the night before. Yeah. So he doesn't realize that his spear and his water are gone. And then David calls from the top of this hill. And he's like, hey, dipshits, why don't you do a better job protecting your fucking king? I could have fucking killed this guy last night. Look, I have his spear and his jug of water, you fucking morons. So he's just like playing... Huge
0: head games with
1: him. Kind of. Yeah, he has the favor of the Lord and, like, he's being merciful. And he's, this time, he's like, yo, I thought you said, Saul, like, I thought you said, now I've spared your life twice. Like, you motherfucker, leave me alone. <laughs> and this time, Saul, Saul's like, you know what? You know what? Like, this time, this time, I, I swear I will. Like, I'm going to really, I'm going to do it for the Lord. For the Lord, I'll do it. Uh, and David is sort of like, cool, I still can't trust you. And so he actually flees to Philistine, Philistine, something. And he convinces the king over, th- over there to like allow him. He's like, give, give me and my people like a little patch of land. We're not going to cause any trouble. Like, so he, he's there for a little bit. And then next thing you know, like Israel and Judah are like, they're going to Saul's kingdom is going to war. With the philistines and so the king of the philistines is like yo i know you're a great warrior i know you can get inside that motherfucker saul's head (laughs) (laughs) so you're gonna fight my army you're gonna fight my army against your own people essentially and david is just like word fuck it like fuck saul um and so what happens is is like he helps them defeat israel
0: so windy as fo- it's windy as fuck. Everybody, it's getting windy. It's getting wild out here.
1: Um, it's getting windy. And in that battle, though, right, um, of Israel versus the Philistines, like, <laughs> actually, I need to pull this verse up for you, Dan, because you're just gonna fucking love it. Um, Thirty-one, two through four. So in that in that battle, like, Saul gets sur- surrounded by Philistines and it's like it's all over for him you know it's not looking good he's like really he's you know he's like oh no it's really happening and Saul says uh says to one of his servants he's like let's see if I can read this fucking so it says the Philistines pressed hard after Saul and his sons and they killed his son Jonathan Abinadab and Malkeshua Uh, The fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him critically. Saul said to his arm bearer, draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and run me through and abuse me. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, don't let, for the love of God, do not let the uncircumcised fucks. Get
0: me! Don't let these
1: and the arm bear like can't do it. He's like, no, master, I can't. And so Saul just kills himself.
0: <laughs> he's like, don't let these goddamn Gentiles. He
1: won't allow touch it. me. So Saul kills himself. He kills himself. He falls on his own sword because he doesn't want to get killed by someone with an uncircumcised dick. <laughs> and the arm bear also is like, well, I am really fucked up. So he kills himself too. Cause he's like, I can't go back now. I definitely can't go back after this. Oh uh, my god! So after that. David becomes king of, like, sort of a small portion of the Israelites, Judah. But the son of Saul becomes the new king of Israel. His name is... uh His name is Esho... Uh, Esho... Whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's no, not important to the story. Not important, apparently. So, now, essentially, what we have is... We've got the House of David, right? And he's got his like little tribe. And then we have the House of Saul, right? And his lineage. Uh, and and the House of Saul is much bigger. And they just are sort of chipping away at each other for like a while, like a decade, you know? Little wars here and there. But David is like, he's, he's slowly gaining power. He's a really good, he's super fucking smart. He's a great politician. He has the Lord's favor, so he just keeps chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. It's driving the other side fucking absolutely nuts. And then one day, this dude, uh, Abner, who's on, who's under the house of Saul, right? The bad guys, Emperor Palpatine and whatnot. Um, the king accuses Abner, who's like his number two, of sleeping with one of his concubines, which didn't happen. And Abner is just like the fuck man i've been loyal to you for all these years now you're gonna accuse me of this shit and he just fucking full 180s and is like no i'm out i'm out and that was a big mistake for that fucking king because abner had a ton of political clout and so now abner Uh, goes to david and is like yo check it out here's what's gonna happen i am he actually he he does this before he goes to david he goes to all the elders of is of israel and is like look we all know that we're done with this, like, son of Saul shit. This dude's a shitty king. We all know that David was, like, the chosen king. And we've ju- we're have we just waiting for, like, the right death or something. Like, why not just make him king now? Let's just make him king. And so, like, the elders are sort of like, okay. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds cool. And so then Abner shows up. He's like, David, listen, I know, like, I wasn't <laughs> on your side. I know I probably killed, like, a bunch of your friends and shit in war. But here's the deal. Like... I got accused of something that was not super cool and I didn't like it. So now (laughs) I'm going to make you King. I basically already have, like I convinced all the elders for like, they're down with a coup and David's like tight, tight. Okay. Like how are we going to pull it off? And Abner's like, I'm going to, uh, like I'm going to go over here and like, you know, I got to do a little more politicking and David's like, cool. Yeah. I'm sending you off now. Like go finish your politicking so you can make me King. But as Abner does that, some of David's, like, top soldiers see him walking around, and they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Isn't that Abner, that fucking asshole from the House of Saul? And so they fucking, like, murder him and, like, bring his head to David. And David's like, no, what the fuck are you doing? He was going to make me king. But uh, (laughs) that's so fucking funny. Yeah, the kids, his name is uh, King Ish-Bosheth um and so uh at that point david's like okay fuck like we gotta mourn the death of abner but abner's like already set the wheels in motion right he already talked to the elders he already stirred up political shit and so what happens is these two other dudes that again were on that side sort of finish the job and they kill king ishbosheth who was the son of saul they just, they just murk him. They just stab him in his sleep. And they bring that body to David. And they're like, yo, check it out. We made you king. <laughs> and David goes, da- and this is true. This happened. David looks at them and goes, do you guys know what happened when someone came to tell me that Saul was dead? <laughs> and they are like, uh, no. And David goes, I murdered them for telling me that news with glee. I murdered them just for telling me. That Saul was dead. So guess what I'm going to do with you for killing the other king? Like, David at this point is sort of like a righteous dude. He's like, I don't fuck with, like, murder for murder's sake. So he has them murdered. Um, you know, he's, their heads cut off, the whole thing. Um, but he also becomes king and he takes Jerusalem. So now David's like, he's got the fucking power. That He's, he's it. He's king of Israel. He's taken over Jerusalem. He's called it the city of David. He's taken over this huge palace. Excuse me, right in the middle. And uh, he's also got the motherfucking Ark of the Covenant. He, like, summoned the Ark of the Covenant. He, like, told some of his little minions. He's like, yeah, I want that. Bring it to me. (laughs) And uh, this is amazing. So, like, the Ark of the Covenant comes, and David is so fucking stoked that he's like dancing around naked in the palace like everyone can see him and Then he like runs down to like where they put the ark underneath the tent and he's like dancing around it and like burning things at the altar of it and he's like kind of like celebrating with like these little like slaves and like women and at this point he by the way David has like 10 wives 12 wives
0: yeah he's like fully yeah <clears throat> immersed himself in this oh absolutely this uh this life, like he's living on a different wavelength at that, at that point. For sure, and uh,
1: so, but what's, what's what fucking cracked me up is that uh, fuck, I gotta find it, I got to find it. Um, okay, yeah. So David's dancing. His first wife is like his first wife, right? The would the daughter of Saul. Is kind of pissed off about it and sees him dancing and thinks to herself, like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, who are you? You're a fucking like, you're just like this sad, like, man in power now who thinks yeah. you can do whatever you want. You look like a fucking fool. And Saul's response to that is, uh, he goes, it was before the Lord... Well, okay. So when David returned home to bless his household, Michal, who's the daughter of Saul, his first wife, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. And David said to Bacall, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from this house when he appointed me ruler over (laughs) the Lord's people. And then he goes, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. Damn. So he is like... He's sort of on one. But it's funny because that that line, I will become even more undignified than this, mm-hmm. is sort of like a famous worship song. And I'm like, you guys pulled that from this part of the story? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I don't think that that's necessarily... I mean, I think what he's... It's true. He's. Pro, he's. He's. It's a foreshadowing for what's about to come. He does become more undignified. The whole thing about David is like, he starts out great. He gets all of this power, right? And then he just has this fucking mighty mighty fall from grace yeah because he's fucking he's not a prophet he doesn't really talk to god he doesn't really like he's not a holy man you know and the whole thing about there even being a king of israel the way that this all started was samuel who appointed saul king like the israelites were never supposed to have a king that's not what god wanted for them But they were like, no, we want a king like everybody else And Samuel, who was the prophet At the time, was like Yo, that's not what God wants God wants everybody to be like a priest And for us to just like, we're not supposed to be Like everybody else, and then they're just like No, Mm -hmm. we want to be like everyone else, we want to have a king Yeah. And he's like, gives them this whole speech About how like, corrupt kings are And how kings like, mistreat their people And the Israelites are still just like No, we want that, we want that Yeah. It's it's (laughs) it's like the
0: That whole idea of like, Jesus wouldn't have wanted to be king. Right. Right, you know, for sure.
1: But so God sort of gives them what they want so that he can kind of show them. I mean, he shows them with Saul, right? They're obviously like, y'all were fucking wrong. And now with David, I mean, David's a much better king, but he's still sort of showing them that, like, they're not perfect. But before we get there, before we get to the real juicy part, Cause there's a really fucking juicy part coming up. There's a really important theological moment here that happens and it's God's promise to David through the prophet, uh, Nathan. And what God says, he says, uh, now then tell my servant, this is God speaking to Nathan. He says, tell my servant, David, this is what the Lord almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people, Israel, I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great like the names of the greatest men of the earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore. Lame. Fucking prediction that was. Super wrong, God. As they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will succeed you, succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So, what's trippy the about that the kingdom. is that's this is the Old Testament, right? This is a thousand years before Jesus. Remember how the book of Matthew starts? It starts with this lineage of like from Abraham to whoever to whoever yes, to yes. David, and then from David down to Jesus. And the reason that they did that is because in the book of Samuel, God says, I'm going to establish a kingdom forever from your, from your lineage. And so Jesus is that forever kingdom. Anyways.
0: Heavy. So that's heavy down, down the tree.
1: That's God's, that's God's promise to, uh, to David that he's going to be his, his bloodline is going to rule forever. For sure, uh, and, and he's gonna make sure of it. So at this point, again, David is sort of like at the height of his power. He fucking
0: he's leaning in. He's becoming the person that that he hated before that whole fucking situation. Oh, totally. You know, totally. Yeah. Man. So
1: he's out one day on the top of his palace, just sort of taking in the afternoon wind and sun. You know, nice little breeze. And he sees across the way this beautiful woman who's naked. And he's he already has fucking like 15 wives at this point. He looks across the way. Uh, it's this woman named Bathsheba. And he knows that Bathsheba is Uriah's wife. And Uriah is like his number one like military dude who's, who's off to war right now without David. Like David's hanging back even though he was like a warrior king. He's not out on this campaign. He knows Uriah is gone. He sees Bathsheba, and he just has to have her. So he's king. So he summons her. She comes. She cleans herself up. They fuck. And then she's like, oh, no, I'm pregnant. And David's like, ooh, we got a real problem on our hands (laughs) because Uriah was gone that whole time. So, fuck. So he summons Uriah back from war, and he tells Uriah, he's like, hey, man, just go... Like, go home and just be with your wife, you know? Like, he's trying to get Uriah to fuck his wife so that he can wipe his hands clean. He's like, just go home, be with your wife. Like, it's all good. But Uriah is a fucking real one. And Uriah's response to it, or he finds out the next day that Uriah did not go inside his house. He slept on the stoop of his house outside. And David's like, what the fuck, man? Like, why didn't you fuck your wife? Why why didn't you go inside? (laughs) And he goes... You think that while all of my comrades are at war, sleeping under canvas and like fighting, that I would take the pleasure of my own home and wife? I will never sleep in my own home and wife until like all. Yes, he's a real one, and David's like you, motherfucker. So because he doesn't want to have, he doesn't want the shame
0: of all of this coming out. (laughs) You see, see them having like some sort of like one of those silent yelling matches outside of <laughs> outside of Uriah's house like you will do
1: it you'll do it <laughs> you motherfucker yeah. tell <laughs> it um,
0: have you have you seen uh, the girl next door No. Um, well it's this really ridiculous comedy from like early to mid 2000s um, oh. and this, uh, this with that lighter, d- dude in high school Ends up linking with a super beautiful girl. It's Alicia Cuthbert. Um, it's somewhere. The, the lighter is somewhere. Don't worry, Daryl. I'll get it to you. Uh,
1: is there a point to your story here about the girl next door? <laughs> Did you just want to call yeah, out a sorry. funny there's scene? Yeah, sorry. There's just like this
0: This really ridiculous... Uh, I'm stoned, man. I'm trying to find the lighter. Right. And there's just this really ridiculous moment in, in that movie where uh, this dude's friend... Like knows he has the opportunity to uh, to maybe have sex with this girl, and he's just like, Matt, if you don't fuck her, I'll kill myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's sort of what's happening right now with David. He's like, I really need you to do this, and Uriah's just—he's too real. He's just yeah. like, Nah, man. Like, I, and so David's like, Okay, all right. You know, I see you. And so what he does is he uh, he drafts a letter to like the number 3 military dude and he gives it to Uriah and he tells Uriah like hey whatever you do like i need you to deliver this letter to that guy but do not you yeah, if you don't have the lighter don't worry about it you know we lost the lighter I don't know where it's, at, man. It, it's okay these things happen <laughs> but what we do know is you if you don't have it if you do have it
0: it's interesting though because i was going to toss it back to you at a certain point but... it's
1: okay anyway so David gives Uriah a sealed letter, and uh, and he tells him like, "I need you to deliver this to the military, dude." He's like, "But don't open it." And what was in the letter was basically like, "Hey, I want you on the on the next battle. I want you to put Uriah on the front lines in the most like fierce part of the battle, and then I want the whole army to fall back." So basically, he's just like, I want Uriah to die at the hands of our enemies. And that's exactly what happens. Um, So so, Uriah's going down. So that happens, and Bathsheba's like, yo, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? And David's like, guess you got to be my wife now. So now Bathsheba's David's wife. The Lord is not happy with this move. The Lord has made it explicitly clear to Nathan, who's the prophet of the time, because Samuel's dead now. Made it very clear, yo, this was not chill. This was super not chill of David. And (laughs) so Nathan goes to David to try to convey to him how displeased the Lord is with this fucking move. And that like there's going to be consequences, Lord consequences for this, not just like normal shit. Like he's going to fucking bring a plague or some shit unless you try to write the ship, <laughs> fucking figure it out. So he tells Nathan tells David this parable about there's this really rich man who has, you know, a hundred sheep and a poor merchant comes through who only has one sheep and the rich man wants to do something nice for the merchant. He wants to cook him a meal. But instead of taking one of his own sheep to cook for the merchant, he uses the merchant's one sheep to cook him a meal. And David is like, not realizing that this is a parable, David's like, fuck that guy, let's kill him. (laughs) And Nathan's like, no, you're that guy. You had a bunch of fucking wives and you took Uriah's only wife. And then you murdered him for it. He did nothing wrong. You're the guy. And David's like, oh, shit. And so then Nathan's like, yeah, now God told me that your fucking consequence is that your own house is gonna rise up against you. There's gonna be fucking all this meddling from within, and your shit's about to get fucked. So watch out. David's like, uh oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure enough. David sent it, dude. He Yeah. He sent it and uh, Enter Absalom,
1: ready. one of David's like fucking forty sons, because he has eighteen wives. So enter Absalom. Absalom gets the idea that he's like, yeah, I think it's time for old old man David's time, you know, like I want to be king. So he sort of starts his own little like he starts his own little group, you know, and then like he starts to he starts to pick up some speed. And then the conspiracy grows like pretty big. And he successfully overthrows David and like runs David off and David runs off, you know, this king of Israel, runs off barefoot into the mountains, crying and weeping because his own son has overthrown him. And Absalom is like, okay, cool, cool. So I did it. And he goes to one of the high priests and he's like, what should I do to like really solidify this? And the (laughs) high priest goes, you know what you should do? You should fuck one of David's concubines that he left at the palace to like look over the palace. And he's like, wait, no, you should actually, you should fuck one of them in public in front of everyone and then he's like wait you should fuck all of his concubines in public and so they bring it they like set up a tent on top of the palace and one by one Absalom fucks all of David's wives what to is like this? prove that he's king of Israel this is in the bible this is real this is fucking real isn't that incredible the priest was <laughs> like the high priest the high rabbi was like fuck his wives in public that'll do it That'll show him. Oh, my God. So, anyways. The Old Testament is ruthless, man. Absalom does that. Um, And at some point, like, some people go out and they find David. And they're like, yo, David, you got to come back, man. Like, your son is a shitty king. (laughs) You're way better. I know you fucked Bathsheba and shit, but, like, we need you back. So, David's like, all right, all right. Let's make an attempt. And in that attempt, someone sees Absalom riding on a donkey and they're like, isn't that him? And he like looks over his shoulder and right as he looks over his shoulder, his head gets caught in between like these branches of an oak tree and the donkey keeps walking and he just gets, he and accidentally hangs himself in an oak tree. And so then David's like, Oh cool. We didn't even have to like fight. Like I'll just take the throne back. And so he does, he just takes the throne back. Um, and then he's sort of like, you know, There's like a bunch of more, there's more wars. He continues to sort of like strengthen Jerusalem and the kingdom of Israel uh, and fortify it. And, you know, he goes on to be like, you know, this very famous, important king with a really fucking crazy story. And um, he writes a lot of, he writes this really long prayer Um, that sort of gives him the name of, I think it's like sweet singer of Israel or something like that. And he's also credited with like most of the books of Psalms, but we're not sure if that's actually true, but like theologically he's credited with a lot of the books of Psalms and this, this like long, like prayer that he wrote to God definitely reads like a Psalm super boring. I would read it, but it's just like, you are my rock. You are my blood. Like he just loves the Lord now all of a sudden, because you know, things worked out for him and, uh, He has a bunch of sons, obviously. And one of those sons is Solomon. Um, And I hope we get to get to Solomon maybe after this. But Solomon is known, at least in the Jewish faith, I believe, as the wisest man to have ever lived. Uh, And he was this incredible king, like the most amazing king. And part of the reason that David's story is so important is because he was Solomon's dad. And he, like, made the... Sort of like John the Baptist, he like paved the way for Solomon, who's just like so much better. So the last thing that David ever says to Solomon, or one of the last things, I thought this would be a good way to wrap up the story. Um, we're actually past now. So the, the story of David is basically two books. It's First and Second Samuel. And so this is David's charge to Solomon now that he's dying. And he's telling Solomon, like, You're, I'm making you king. Solomon's like, I'm not your firstborn. And he's like, dude, my firstborn died in fucking war or some shit. I don't know. Like, it's it's 1,000 BC. He didn't make it. Most of my sons are dead. Like, someone castrated them in the wilderness. Like, they're fucking, everyone <laughs> dies brutally out here. You're the only son left. It's you. And he tells Solomon, uh, I'm, I'm about to go the way of the earth so be strong, show yourself a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in His ways, and keep His decrees and commands, His laws and requirements, as written in the Law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep His promise to me. You know what promise we're talking about? David's still in his mind. Like I'm, sp- this lineage is supposed to reign forever. Yeah. So you're you're number two in a really long line. God made me this promise. Don't fuck it up, essentially. And uh, yeah, so he's like, so the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. And that is the story of David.
0: Interesting huh? we have to uh, often you got to fall on the wrong side of things to be able to uh, see the good. Sometimes, even when you were on the right side, like on the right side of things, at one point maybe leading Wait, up. Uh, whoa, Stoney Mcgee, who was on the wrong side of what? <laughs> David, he fell on the wrong side of things for for a bit. He was like, he did this very honorable man. Yeah,
1: he he could have killed the Saul rise, twice. Right?
0: He's on the rise. He fucking conquered Goliath, you know. So he's obviously develops an ego over time because he fucking defeated Goliath.
1: He's also loved by the, he's a like, so, Saul was not loved as a Right.
0: Came. All these people love him because of uh, what he's done. And then also like, you know, there's some, some probably some ego and some power tied into playing these mind games with Saul for a while and, yeah, he and Saul things like that. But you definitely, I don't, I don't think at the beginning of David, you, foresee him becoming this uh like super powerful king who treats people like shit and you know is sleeping with people's wives and you know trying to manipulate people in ways to to get them killed and and things like that so what i was saying is is like it's interesting i think a lot of times maybe to not the extremes that david did is that sometimes to like understand something you have to get on the wrong side of it you know you have to fall that's the
1: thing about david is he was and the story makes this very clear he was a he was a man he was not a fucking he was not a prophet right he was not a spiritual master he was just a fucking man you know who had a lot of good but a lot of bad and like the worst thing that he ever did which I cannot believe that someone wrote it down if he was like this revered king. I can't believe that someone was like, yo, should we include the part about Bathsheba? And they're like, yeah, yeah, throw it in there. Um, And I'm sure he did probably worse shit. If this is what they were willing to write, what other shit did he do? Um, Well,
0: it's a fucking time of savages too. Like this isn't 2021, you know, that we're talking about. So the stuff going on is... It's much, a lot of bloodshed. Yeah, it's this a much story poorer, is like,
1: fucking R rated.
0: It's gr- I mean, <laughs> especially the way you told it. Absolutely. But
1: <laughs> dude, my embellishing, I know I told it in sort of a funnier way, but the embellishing is like not there. Like I'm giving you the hard facts yeah. of what happened.
0: But yeah, man, I just think that's uh you know, that's a very human thing to fall on the wrong side of things and have to see it from that side to uh to evolve and he become had to have that his own like dark night of the soul better person you know it's giving people like yeah, he was fucked up and it seemed like he had to pay some dues to get himself back in the good graces of people, but he like they allowed like someone allowed for that space for yeah. him to do that, you know, yeah, so. I think that's That's interesting. That's like parts of that story the way he fucks with Saul reminds me of this uh this really dope one of my favorite revenge movies is this uh it's this Korean movie I'm pretty sure um it's called I Saw the Devil. Okay. And it's one of the most intense revenge movies I've ever seen. It's great. Um Yeah, I don't even want to like give away too much of the plot but the idea is it's it's very much like this mind game of torture in some ways and like when you hold that power over somebody is
1: uh yeah especially when they're very interesting with you
0: right and it's you know it's this this dude who's just like he's after something you know and he's he's going to to great lengths to uh to To do more damage than uh, than he's even like can even fathom, right? Than
1: than's been inflicted on
0: him. Yeah, and
1: <coughs> whoa! Yeah.
0: So it made me think of I saw the devil, which I would definitely recommend people checking out if you're into that sort of thing, like revenge movies and whatnot. It's uh, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, that was, that's an that's a very intense story, dude. It's so gnarly. And the thing that's funny is that
1: there's actually another story of David in the Bible that another uh, a later Jew was like he was like upset <clears throat> with the Book of Samuel, so he uh, he wrote that he wrote this book called Chronicles, which is also in the Old Testament, which is basically just a G-rated version, like it's a G-rated story of David. It takes out all the all the gnarly stuff. It's like the children's version. Um, But it's also so interesting that David is so revered, even in Christianity. Like I was able to find tons of sermons about David, King David, because the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. Mm. And so it's like, we should all strive to be men after God's own heart. But like, it's like, yeah, he also like, he had, so many wives and like he killed so many people and like he like yeah he killed people in battle but he also just like murked people like once he had the power and then he would the adultery thing and like the abuse of power like he was like yeah he you know he was very human but it's like it's just funny to me that like then christianity converts that into some kind of like we're all supposed to be perfect like Jesus and it's like hey one of the greatest like figures to have ever lived was a sort of a tortured soul and was still a man after God's own heart so like maybe it's I'm not saying that it's like okay to murder to fuck Bathsheba if she's not your wife because it's not but (laughs) I'm just saying maybe it's okay to be a little sloppy sometimes you know it happens we're not perfect we're not meant to be perfect
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's hard to, to like tell everybody that they need to like give people that space to grow that have done like really shitty things to them directly or, uh, you know, in some way harm them, even if it's indirectly. So I totally get that. Like some people don't want to be like, yeah, fuck it. Th- like fuck David forever, dude. Like I don't care. If you became this great person or not, like... For sure. There was this period where he really ruined my life or, I mean, or, if you, you know- are,
1: like... If you're Bathsheba's sister, you're probably like, uh, yeah, fuck that guy. He's a fucking monster. Right. Or you're Uriah's mom, you know? Whoever. If you're re- tangentially related to that situation, or directly uh, a recipient of, you know, David's shit, you're the dude who called the order to kill Uriah who is probably your best friend at the order of the King because the King fucked his wife. Like that's some heady shit. Yeah. Some dark shit. And I don't think that those people should be called to necessarily forgive David. For
0: sure. Like I'm in no position to, uh, you know, expect a, a family member of someone that was murdered to, for them to forgive the murderer. You know, like I'm in no for sure spot to do that. I see both both sides of that so like I totally understand like I'm saying like yeah just understand like that some people don't have the capacity to want to see that growth at a certain point for sure Um, I feel
1: like here's the there is a key component though to the forgiveness thing and I feel like like modern Christianity skewed it a little bit which was like I feel like we've talked about this before but it's like forgiveness with like and then they're just good like you just forgive and forget essentially And it's like, I don't think that that's the way that God would operate. I feel like it's more like, okay, yeah, you can forgive someone for what they did. And then, oh, Sam was talking about this. Sam Rocha. He was like, yeah, you forgive them. And then they serve time in prison for what they did. Like, and then they, you know, fucking pony up and like pay the piper for their fucking transgressions. If that's what's required. And... I just think that also, like, I don't know, if you want to, if someone's wronged you and you don't want to, like, forgive them or ever see them again, you know, especially depending on what happened, like, I totally get that. Yeah. But I feel like this, the spiritual lesson, and it's a fucking master level spiritual lesson, would be to, like, but can you still hold space for the idea of them having humanity? Mm. and the potential that could exist within them it doesn't have to include you at all but can you hold space in your heart for the idea that that human being still has potential to maybe be a better
0: human being right and it's easy and from know. the outside of any situation yeah, to be like that. to be like yeah you should absolutely be able to do that or or not even or if you could do that it's may serve you in some positive way but like to actually be in that and yeah, I don't have know if, to experience I don't know it. if I could um, There's uh, Yeah I understand why things Become unforgivable
1: Yeah for sure I do think that that concept of Unforgivable or irredeemable Is just it's an interesting Concept to me especially in this day and age With cancel culture and shit um, You know I think we've sort of pushed that line around And I think it's sort of starting to normalize It feels like Like, I don't feel like you get, you know, people like Aziz getting canceled for like doing something kind of scummy and gross. I don't want to get myself into too much trouble here. I'm going to let people know where I side on that issue. But like, what are we doing? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I hope that as a society, we can hold a little bit more, like, we can judge less things as irredeemable, you know? Yeah. In ourselves, in each other, because like, I feel like the moment that you that you judge something as unforgivable or irredeemable it sort of leaves a mark on you too and not that you did anything wrong but it's just like sort of a scar on your own being to have seen yourself in another and seen the like you know it's that's in your shadow now that you believe that things that there's irredeemable th- shit in the universe That's sort of, that's a really heavy concept, I think. And I feel like by participating in it, like you do take on some of it yourself. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're, that make, it makes you a bad person or whatever. I just think that spiritually some of that, some of that weight might be carried around by you now. I don't know. I'm, I'm clearly stoned now. (laughs) I, I smoked that joint after the story. Hey,
0: it's, uh, I don't know think it's like I said I I agree that like I don't know it would be cool if uh, there were less things that were at that level of undoing um, but like also I understand the, the people again that are like Immediately affected by it, and and feel like it. It's like no, you're you're an asshole forever. Right. You know, like. Right. But with that, like you can. I'm. I do think you can forgive, and also not wish. You know, ill will against that person. Right. You can be like, hey, fuck you, but like I don't want anything bad to happen to your family
1: (laughs) right you can forgive i feel like you can forgive still be pissed at someone and have anger towards them forgive like be like you know yeah i don't want the fucking sun to fall on you i kind of do but i don't and but yeah it's like but i don't really want anything to do with you either um i totally get that i feel like that's so human you know like and that's why when i'm talking about like this concept of of irredeemable Like, I just, I see that in myself. I see all of the things that I've deemed irredeemable Mm. and how maybe that has something to do with me being so hard on myself all the time. You know, maybe there's a connect there. Maybe there's like a, maybe there's a little bit of a skid on my, uh, on my unconscious or my, like my being in a way, some extra thing that I'm carrying around because I would harbor another as unforgivable unlovable Mm. irredeemable
0: yeah those things take up space for sure if you have that that in you i think for sure Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's tough it's a tough tough. thing i think it all take like hopefully that uh you know that old saying of time heals all wounds or and what have you is like a real thing Wait, too it does i, I think so <laughs> i think that's the the saying fucking incredible time time dude <laughs> coming in clutch time. <laughs> hey yeah. all the wounds all of them time. i can stick my hand in the fire and no matter what time is everything unbelievable time dark dude that dark series it's all time oh my god put time. it on the bible watch
1: list time if you haven't watched dark fuck get it together
0: that that One show of the best shows ever. messed up my head for a little while. Oh man, yeah, I really um, get you. But yeah, I think I think uh just takes everybody a different amount of time to deal with the same and different issues. For sure. And to get to a a place with with that shit where it doesn't uh eat at you so much, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But what a wild story, man!
1: Yeah, thanks for letting me tell it
0: to you. I liked it. I was into it. It was a. It was a. It was a fun. It was fun to just like sit and absorb it. You did a fine job of the storytelling. Oh, thank! I thought you. that was great. And I
1: I couldn't believe the story <laughs> when I was reading it. I was like, "Oh my God!" There's so many juicy details. This is going to be fucking amazing.
0: Also, just like a solid fireside chat love a good
1: fireside chat
0: really nice um, <clears throat> yeah I'm so stoked on this fire pit that I bought we're uh, so we I don't want to like go too too heavy into it because I'm sure that like people are seeing enough of like the crazy shit that is taking place at the the capital this For week sure. you know we're just one day uh, removed from it uh, while recording yeah, this. And, I almost and don't
1: have words for... It's just, It's like, I'm shocked and not shocked at the same time. I'm so, like, embarrassed by fellow Americans. It's a lot. It's, like, it's the culmination of a lot of fucked up shit the last four years.
0: Yeah. Just embarrassed by it it's wrong on so many levels like it's not even just about the the people that um breached the capital it's about like how it was fucking handled absolutely you know and and the pure hypocrisy that is like lies underneath all of it is totally. fucking it's disgusting absolutely ridiculous but um you know, we don't really, uh, affiliate with any sort of religion here and, um, but I, I stumbled upon, I was curious, like what Christian American nation, you know, was saying about these moments happening because, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's a big one because yeah, just because, you know, Republicans tend to lean Christian yeah. lean conservative, uh, that, that all, um, Connects and I don't necessarily think every one of those sing, a single one of those folks is a terrible person. So it's just kind of like, let's see, what is the, the point of view about all of this shit going on at the Capitol? And uh, this dude, Rick Warren, I guess he's a very... Oh, that's
1: my parents' pastor.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. he is. Her. My parents okay. go to his church. Well, Rick Warren is... Uh, he's a good dude. Very well known. Yes. Uh, like, huge following. This this church. Saddleback, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. That's a trick. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out Saddleback and mom and dad. Dude, we should get Rick Warren on this podcast. Yeah. Rick, come burn one down with us. All right. Read, read anyway, what Rick Warren has. So to Rick, say. Rick tweeted yesterday. Um, Here's what God says. And it's this uh, this quote uh, from Proverbs chapter twenty nine, verse four. When the leader is concerned with justice, the nation will be strong. But when he is only concerned with money, he will ruin his country. Proverbs twenty nine, four.
1: He just let the Bible speak for itself.
0: Yeah, and I thought that that was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see. Um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily like speak to the social commentary necessarily of the issue, but like. At a whole like yeah, dude, like this is seems to be greed at its finest in some ways, and like wanting to oppress so selfish and
1: just won't accept it,
0: opposite and- end of the the financial spectrum, you know and and yeah. not giving a shit about people that uh you know have lesser means and whatnot, and yeah, it was I just enjoyed. I enjoyed seeing a sentiment like that, like from somebody that does have that big of a voice in that Christian evangelical like world Yeah. to like see a message that's like, Hey, I just want to let you guys know that this is yeah, fuck God doesn't like fuck with this that. is not right. And this is like, not like very Jesus like at all. Yeah, that's good. And so that was cool. I saw a couple others, um, with, with similar things. So it's, um, that was refreshing to see. I'm sure that there's plenty um, that lie on the other side and are in supportive uh, support of those things. And I'm sure a lot of those people that were there yesterday um, would align as, as a Christian, God-fearing yeah. uh, person, Absolutely. which is really, really wild. Um, but yeah, just insane times, dude. What a Craziest. fucking time to be alive. Like 2021 a, coming in hey, hot. It's always history. We're always living in history, you know. Yeah, I'm tired of having days where I'm like, Ugh,
1: another historic day. God damn it. Yeah,
0: it's. I don't know. It's. It's pretty mind blowing to uh, to witness. We're but off to a wild ride. I am. I'm grateful for you, buddy. Grateful. Likewise, this is cool that we got to, to ride to the wave with you. Got to do this tonight by the fire and everything fireside
1: story time fireside story time is
0: is maybe the new like solo chat it's the new jam (laughs) it's
1: the the fireside story time
0: Um, oh yeah how about this this is my uh this is like a really stoned stupid quote that i came up with the other day and um i'd like to leave it with you please the listeners (laughs) please do the things I've learned today are the things I'll forget tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You won't remember this story at all. <laughs> except for Bathsheba.
1: and Some dude named Urias. I think. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember. What a- all I know is that Bathsheba was must have been really something.
0: What a trip. Someone send us an email. BibleBuds. PDX at gmail.com links will be in the episode notes uh hopefully we'll be you know coming at you with some some more chats with some folks here in the near future hope everybody's uh hanging tough out there keeping their heads above water and you know finding ways to to navigate the strange times amen and uh yeah smoke pray love bless up